the champions, my friends. Are celebrating with a fan. We are the champions. We are the champions. No time for too cool, cause we are the champions of the play-in. Welcome to episode 190 of Wolves Cast, the show that has been fined $30,000 for its egregious use of drops. No! Sweet, baby! Now I'm playing with fucking passion. That's what I play with. Carl, just relax. It's never good when you know you miss shots. Oh my god! Put some respect on my name, remember that. Man, I wanted to shout out my dog, Ryan. Wizard of Knives. We got a lot of work to do, so we're excited. So Knives ain't worried about it. Leaf Beasley. He should just shoot it every time he touches it. Edwards sends that one through the halo. It's hosted by myself and my brother. I'm Neil. I'm Scott. Shirt off. Standing on the podcast table, everybody. Woohoo! That's right. With the energy is uh, still riding high. Don't kill my vibe. It's okay. We can celebrate here. We're pro celebration on this podcast. You know we've celebrated harder for less. We're celebrating like the champions that we are champions of the plan that's right so yeah they did it and uh we did it because well we were there so i told you all not to worry it happened again (laughs) seven seed remains undefeated in the play in neil oh is that how it's been so far yeah it has never never has a seven seed lost in the play in and uh also the the charlotte hornets have uh have lost uh, by over 20 points as <laughs> the 10th seed two years in a row. So two two things to keep track of going forward. <laughs> They'll get it one of these times. Eventually. You know, I'm sure, though, I'm sure everyone in Charlotte is, you know, so much happier to have LaMelo with an ant who oh. went off, dragged his team kicking and screaming into the playoffs. That's right. <laughs> I don't know why I'm being antagonistic like that. They're, they're both great players and both franchises would not trade one for the other, you know? so uh, That's true, yeah. But I saw some people people online you know especially reddit you know how redditors are they get a they're very defensive about it about mellow over ant so i just want to say yeah ant had a good week everybody yeah ant uh ant was good lots of lots of players were very good in that uh in that playing matchup and yeah we will be talking one a player lot was very bad about that here uh on this episode of wolves cast appreciate everybody tuning in once again you're here, chilling, listening. We appreciate that very much. Today on the show, uh, like we said, we got to we got to recap the play in. That's gonna be uh, that's gonna be a big chunk of this. Is talking about uh, one of the most you know just just historic Timberwolves games of all time. Um, we're also going to then uh, pivot and preview uh, the upcoming real first round of the playoffs, which the Timberwolves will be playing against the Memphis Grizzlies. Ooh. We have a sponsor, and we're going to uh, predict. Some things for the future as well as catch up on a lot of our predictions from this season and make sure that uh, we were on point there. Um, Weekly Wolfies game, all the good stuff. You're in for an awesome episode of Wolves Cast, but we're starting right here. 
Uh, not week recap, but play in recap, Scott. It happened on Tuesday night. Ooh. We were in attendance. It Where been, were we ever? It had been a long time since we had been to a game together. We, uh, Scott, you hadn't been to many games at all this year. So it was, and I hadn't been since like February. So yeah, it was, it was both uh, our first game since the D low stand up until uh, you score. Oh, man. Uh, thing has been implemented with the home crowd. So it was yep. our first time kind of experiencing the, the rejuvenated energy at the Target Center. Oh, yeah. Boy, was it a lot of fun. It was. Uh, <laughs> It was crazy. The, the energy in there was just over the top. I was so proud of our fans for the most part. You mm-hmm. know, obviously, I, I I made a note later down here. Now I'm not sure if you saw it that uh, I know you were getting a little upset with some of the booing of the refs when it was clear. It was like that's a clear foul. Why is everyone booing? It's, it's like, automatic booing. There's, there was times where there was a, a controversial call that the fans didn't get upset with. You know what I've realized is a lot of that in arena stuff comes down to the, what instant replays they show. Yes, I felt like there was one call that the fans should have been upset about, but they weren't because they just showed a bad replay in arena. And yeah, then there was some the calls angle, that the right? whole the, the whole place blew up and were really angry about, even though like watching them back, they were like clearly fouls on the Timberwolves. Yeah, but hey, that's the kind of energy. You need you need a crowd to be boisterous, and as if a crowd is revved up like that, I don't need them to be like rational about the, the referees. I don't need them to be like you know let's let's cut Ed Malloy some slack here, everybody. We're basketball fans. We know he needs to have some slack. No, I don't need a, a fans to be acting that way. You know, at the arena. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's uh, it's all part of the. All part of the intensity, I suppose, to be skeptical of every call that the refs make. That's fine. It's all right. You don't have to like the calls. I, uh, I just, I just have to look at the replays that they show and uh, understand what they were trying to do. And you know, there were there were some bad calls in that game, but there were a lot of calls that were uh, totally logical calls, <laughs> especially a lot of the ones on Carl. It's like he spent the whole game like. You know, you know, pretending he didn't, he didn't, you know, touch a guy or something like that, and the replay showed otherwise. I mean, I think for other players, there's some other players uh, for the Wolves and um, whatever that like maybe they have more of a case. I think especially like Ant, you know, he's been, you know, for a lot of his career has has been getting fouled but not going to the line, not getting that call. But for Carl, it's so weird how he just like he doesn't seem to understand what like a foul is sometimes. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm not. Yeah, I mean, Carl, man, it would be fun to see him officiate a game, huh? <laughs> see what his NBA rules right, are. I want to live in the then, man. rule yeah. book that he plays with. But uh, no, I think a lot of my problems weren't necessarily with the calls that were called as much as the calls that weren't called. It just seems like the Clips, Clippers were getting away with some stuff that uh, the Wolves were not getting away with, in my opinion. But mm-hmm. call it both ways, you know? Call, yeah, the call bo- it consistently. The That's both ways is. thing is is definitely what we want. So yeah, there was it was uh, the referees were a were a uh, big part of this game. Um, especially in the first half. and But, you know, again, you, to your point, though, Scott, the crowd was in it. The crowd was with it. And that means that, yeah, the, the you know, even even calls that were uh, potentially correct, they're going to get booed. They're going to get chanted at. We had rival ref, you suck chants happening. <laughs> There's a lot of the ref show, you know. I mean, it's yeah. not going to be a surprise with the refs that we got. Scott Foster, who Chris Paul, I, I love the rivalry between Scott Foster and Chris Paul. If Chris Paul was ever on one of my teams, I couldn't stand it but because I don't like Chris. Paul yeah. I think I find it very funny but Chris Paul had a great quote where he's like well they come to see Scott Foster that's why fans come to the games because they want to see Scott <laughs> Foster obviously and just you know being sarcastic about how much he tries to make it about himself and Ed Malloy does too I think there was a fun tweet I wanted to share here I I, I kept the note it's from uh Sean and then we leave let me see where did you, I just had it Neil why'd you delete my tweet okay here we go there are a handful of referees that fans know the names of. You probably shouldn't put multiple of them on the same game. That's from Sean Hyken on uh, oh, Twitter. Yeah. And I feel like uh, that's true. Uh, Dane tweeted, being a good ref is about being invisible. That's why Ed Malloy is a bad ref. 
And I think that there were several times like that. Uh, one instance was, you know, when I felt like when they tossed uh, Marcus Morris and they're like, oh, no, we didn't realize that we're just going to toss him. Let's resend that technical foul, which ended up being a blessing for the Timberwolves. At the time, I was like, oh, of course, this really just shows like what a ref show it is. They're like, oh, I'm going to I'm going to make my opinions based on the outcome, not based on what happened, you know, and uh, I'm going to change it so Morris can stay in the game. But Morris played terrible after that. It was a real boon to the Timberwolves that Morris didn't get thrown out of that game. So I'm very grateful for the refs for ref showing. We call it the ump show in uh, in baseball. So good job on Ed Molloy ump showing there. But um, just like there was also times like there was that one time uh, in the fourth quarter. I was watching the replay. You could hear it, you know, watching the replay. But they cut it. They kind of cut out. Oh, some on of the TV. Dead spaces. Or yeah, 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 yeah. And. Uh, it was in the fourth quarter. It was a timeout, and the whole Target Center was going the da 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 And the whole crowd's going whoa, yeah, singing. And the whole place is bumping and bumping. And then it's about to get inbounded, and the music's like really going. And then Ed Malloy comes over and takes the ball and stands with it, walks away, holds the ball, and like the 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 music keeps looping. And and Mark has our DJ Mark Madsen. What's his name? Oh, Mad Mardigan. Mad Mardigan. There we go. Mad Mardigan. He had to like keep it going, and at one point it just like stopped, and the crowd kept going, and then the and it was just an example of the ref being like, no, I don't want the energy in the arena to be like oh, this. Yeah. Let, let I, me hold the ball. Let me stop play. Let, let's. You I think know. we were in the in the game. We were like, is this a clock? Um, we thought it might be like a clock malfunction or something. Because yeah, we're like, why why aren't we going yet? <laughs> Got <laughs> to make the show about going. you, the true star, the referee. Yeah, the, the um, and I think the with the refs, and this is I think right right now, like this moment is why I hate the ref stuff is because. Like we're talking about the rest before we're talking about the basketball game. Oh, like this well. is a perfect encapsulation of like it's a problem, not because like oh, and, and yeah, the refs make bad calls in every single game, but I just don't like how people put this stuff before the actual basketball. And it, you know, it does play into some of the drama. Like you can't escape it in some ways. But for me, like especially in the arena, when you talk about booing, like that's the most revved up they get in the game is when they are upset at the referees, not when they're excited about like a basketball. I play. was going to say this though, because I, I brought us here, Neil. You put a show doc together. <laughs> we weren't going to start with the refs. Just like I felt like I was on it's my way here. It. It's a part of it. It's I was listening to the yeah. wonderful uh, John Krasinski on his radio show mm-hmm. on the way over here. And they started with uh, all of the, did we celebrate too much? Which is another thing. We're not talking about the basketball. We're talking about the reactions that some people had yep. to our reaction. <laughs> It's, have you guys watched Tick, Tick, Boom yet? I uh, sorry about your reaction to my reaction to this reaction to how the players celebrated kind of like thing going on here because we're not actually talking about the game itself. And you and you would be like, well, Neil, you're guilty of this. It's your show. And yet you started it off. That was my fault, everybody. I distracted. But because what I wanted to say, I was complimenting the fans the for fan, how good they were. The good and the rest you yeah. suck chant, which is normally the loudest the Target Center ever gets. It wasn't even the, the top 10 loud moments of the Target Center. I felt like, up, yeah. yeah, there was never like... There was definitely sections of uh, refuse suck, but there's never one giant unifying refuse yeah. suck like there was with Let's Go Wolves or defense. <laughs> Man, the energy was lit in that place. And so I'm just so happy for everyone who showed out. Like, I've spent, you know, and like, I don't blame us. I know why we're bad. It's been a bad fan experience in the Target Center for 10 years or so, but. I've just never really been proud of how our fan base kind of shows up until this year. So, uh, man, what a great job. I know I'm patting myself on the back because I was there, too. Yeah, we were some the of The energy was lit. I think uh, the other thing, too, and then they have the next thing to talk about is how this game just 
you know, going into the game, I think there was a lot of talk about how the Clippers were um, kind of favored. I'm not sure if Vegas had them favored or whatever, but I think like most people you would have asked would have predicted that the Clippers would win this game. And for a lot of the game, it really was playing out that way. Like all the things that we thought the Wolves would maybe struggle with, they kind of did. And Towns obviously wasn't playing that well. So I think this is like the this is uh, just a notable game just because of how improbable it all seemed. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was kind of the script. And sorry to bring the officiating back into this, but it it goes with the performance, actually. I was texting with my friends. I got a group chat of college friends. You know, I got a Bulls fan in there. I got a Lakers fan in there. Man, let me tell you. Well represented. I remember, uh, yeah, we got Spurs fan in there. Tough week for him. Uh, But Lakers fan, I was going to say, because I was listening to people talk about how, uh, on a podcast about how the Lakers didn't like how we had clowned them. And I was like, you want to know who really clowns Russell Westbrook? It's Lakers fans, okay? I've never heard such, you know, like, they hate him. They hate him. They're not angry at us for clowning Russell Westbrook. Let me yeah, tell you that. Season, they clown him way worse. is his fault. But, uh, so, yeah, we have a group chat, and they were asking what I thought about the game. And I said, you know, I'm really worried about Zubac and uh, Hartenstein because mm-hmm. those guys have really shut him down in our matchups. They have a really good defensive scheme for Cat. Like, they can really just get him into foul trouble early and frustrate him. And I'm like, if that happens, that's my biggest worry for this game. Yeah. And, and they were like, what? You're not more worried about Paul John? I'm like, no, those are the guys I'm worried about. And lo and behold, they played that script. You know, Pat Bev, three fouls in the first quarter. Uh, Zero Towns, the rest of the way. <laughs> yeah, Towns had four in the first half. Towns, you know, just couldn't quit any playing time. And so I was like, this is exactly what I predicted. If the Wolves are going to lose, this is the, the, yeah. the script it would follow. Ooh. So to see it playing out, I, I mean, I might have had a gloom, doom kind of text to the group being like, I told you, you know, or like, I already know how this game's going to turn out now just because I, I felt like this is what my prediction was. But the Wolves, even though it the, the script played out like I thought it was, there was a couple people named D'Angelo Russell and uh, Anthony Edwards and a few other, you know, authors to this victory that really uh, changed that script from what I thought it was going to be. So I think that like, obviously, you got to just shout out Anthony Edwards, electric from the jump. He scored the first seven points of the game really kept us going in that uh, tough 20 point first quarter and obviously kind of carried us down to the end but D'Lo just steady you know hits the hidden big shots when we need to just controlling the pace never letting us get too down like just those two uh, you know game ball to them yeah no they were uh, they really they really uh, brought us home there but you know I think you know for the Wolves you know despite all those you know issues that they were having like they just the wolves just stayed in contact the whole time. Like it was never, it never got out of hand. The furthest it got was was ten points, and you know I think that was in the fourth quarter or um, in the second half at some point. So that's bad. But at the same time, like it it never got above that. It never really felt uh, hopeless. It just felt like oh this is going a certain way. But there was always like a lot of time on the clock still. So you there were know, so many times where I was like, I felt like the Clippers hit a dagger or the Clippers were killing us. Then I'd look up and we're down by six, you know? Yeah. I was like, yeah. Oh, that's the dagger. How can we? Oh, we're, we're, we're still only six points away, you know? And I think that is because both teams were just so good on defense and were playing so hard. The Bulls rebounded the ball really well. So they were mm-hmm. able to hold the Clippers to basically like one shot per possession. You know, they weren't getting tons of putbacks and all that kind of stuff. So. That was huge for the Wolves. You know, if they weren't going to, yeah, they didn't have a great offensive night. Kind of no one really did. You know, they were able to control things on the defense as well. I mean, it was a crazy defense performance for both teams. Uh, you know, what did any team have fifty at halftime? Like it was like it was like fifty one to forty six. No, I think it was fifty three to fifty one at half. Yeah, yeah, it was like such a low scoring game. It's like all right, welcome to the playoffs. This is how 
goes. It gets harder to score. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that like, man, the rebounds were so big. Uh, I think that's the secret reason why we won. We beat, we out rebounded and one by ten. We never out rebound teams. And Jared Vanderbilt in particular is my personal hero from this game because how every rebound he got just felt huge. And mm-hmm. I mean, Pat Bev also got eleven. He led the team in rebounding, but Vanderbilt <laughs> yes, grabbed ten. That's and amazing. Just like mm-hmm. all of them are so crucial that he got. And I, I yeah. just was screaming for him all night long. So I felt like that. <laughs> There's also a, my 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 first quarter hero is Jaden McDaniels hitting that buzzer at the three. Because oh. if we went into the if we scored only 17 points in the first quarter, it was such a kind of like oh, depressed feeling. Number, yeah. the, the feeling was not good. So for him to hit that buzzer beater into the quarter and beat the target center, it's like, oh, so it's only 20 to 26 or whatever. You know, that was a huge turning point. But I also was like surprised. You look back at the end of the game, Beasley had like 12 points, which doesn't feel like a lot because his threes that he hit were such big moments in the game. You know, it just felt like, especially that one to beat the buzzer at the end of the third quarter. Yeah. But just every one of his threes felt so momentous. You were like, man, he probably had 20 or something. You look at the end of the game, he had 12, but like he made those 12 count, you know? Another thing that kind of pointed to the Wolves, like, oh, this one's not going the way it's supposed to go. This is probably going to be a loss is the free throws. Like the Wolves missed like nine or 10 free throws in this game. And luckily LA did too. Like they missed, they missed a lot as well. So, you know, thankfully they were, they were right there with us in that, uh, in that battle. But you know, that was, that was scary. Cause it just felt like once you miss like eight, nine, 10 free throws, it just feels like we're going to lose this game by like less than that. Right. It's like this is gonna be the story. They miss all those free throws, but somehow it didn't. It, you know, they were able to escape without that coming back to bite them. There's so many things like that. It's like after the end of the Bulls game, we got so close. You're like, man, if Jake Lemon didn't score that bucket for the Bulls by knocking that point, <laughs> that's right. He put that one back. It wouldn't matter. But yeah, no, it is one of those things where it was so so close that you would definitely go back to those free throws if we had lost. So thank God, yeah, that wasn't the situation. Uh, but man, I told you at halftime, you know, I'm like, I'm not sure if I can take another half because it was just so tense. It was so emotionally draining in the arena but that's how you get to the level of elation when we do win at the end of it is you have to go through that you know that torture of twisting yourself into a knot being like why am I doing this to myself I hate basketball (laughs) I hate the Timberwolves I hate feeling this way and you know just all the roller coaster of emotions but I I also like shout out to the seats you got us you kind of had our we were uh lower bowl but like second row from the top yeah and it made it made me feel comfortable standing as much as I wanted because normally I'm super conscious. Like I'm a tall guy. Yeah, I'm six yeah, two. You're yeah. even taller. And yeah. so like I'm always like I would stand the whole game if I could. And, you know, sometimes in my basement I'm watching at home. I stand as much as I want. But like I always feel bad for the people behind me. And so uh, I didn't have to worry about that because yeah. I could just look one row behind it. So like that person standing. Oh, he's good. You know, sweet, and that's it. Right. Exactly. So it was just like I could stand as much as I wanted. And there was a lot of standing. There was a lot of that. standing. Like I remember the beginning of the game, even after we scored, like no nobody one said that. Yeah, nobody sat down. Yeah, it was just, uh, oh, man. And then at the end of the game, too, it was like, you know, it was like, you know, a couple minutes left and the Wolves were trying to hang on to that lead. And it was like, we're not sitting down. We're just standing up. So lots of standing up. And even though it was so late, fun. it was like 1130, you know, the game got out at like 1145 or something like yeah. super late night. But this that's that's notable, too. It's like, oh, yeah, it's kind of a late game. Yeah, but like I didn't go, everyone's I didn't go to bed until like 6 a.m. I was, yeah, so, I was so late. I was so late. I came home. I watched all the postgame press conference stuff and. Oh man, I, I'm still kind of calming down. You can tell, you know, like what a yeah. great performance, what a great night uh, um, at the Target Center. One of the one of the most fun games I've been to. Got to be top five, you know. Yeah, totally. You know, we're gonna get to the Grizzly stuff here pretty quick, but we got to talk about Carl Towns and the game Oof. he had um, on Tuesday, which probably is... was worst game of his career, all things considered. It's definitely the lowest minutes <sighs> he's played this season in a game. Yeah, and I know there's been games I think where he scored less, but. 
I, I wonder if it's probably his worst plus minus because he was just such a huge minus whenever he was on the court because we were talking about, you know, at, during the game, we were saying, man, it's the offense is flowing so much better when Cat is out of the game. This is like a smart, and this is the question that got every all the Clippers got at, after the game was mm. once you fouled Towns out, then you started, you started falling apart. Like you, your plan on Towns worked perfectly, but then you didn't have a plan for once Towns was out of the game, basically, because Towns was just stick like a, you know a stick in the engine of the uh, you know the offense. He was mm-hmm. the ball was stopping with him. He was trying to figure out either how to get out of a double or a triple team or how to like force his way through it. And it was just killing the flow of the offense. It was a lot of dribbling, yeah. late shot clock you know forces at the end of the shot clock stuff. It, it, the offense did not move when Towns was in the game, but when he was out of the game, you know things things were happening. Yeah, yeah, and that's that is fascinating. It's like. Like it's the number one like game plan for the Clippers. Like, okay, how do we how do we lessen Towns' involvement here? And then you literally foul him out, and the team that you're playing gets better because of that. Like, right. this is unheard of. Like, yeah. what what is that? Like, that is so that's so weird, and it's such a. I think it just has to do with Towns being a center and just like the kind of player he is. Like, he's not just like this ball dominant guy. It's like a you know, it's different from when it's like a guard or a, you know a, a forward or something. Well, some of it, and you know, I think the Ty Lue press conference is pretty interesting, just because a lot of people kind of asked him that question in lots of different ways. Like, basically, why did right. you blow it when he right. was out? But part of it is, I think the Clippers got a little cocky, and they were like, "Now Towns is out. Let's do our small ball lineup. Ah, I love our small ball lineup. Let's yeah. go score a bunch of points now. We don't need to have Zubac out there." And and the small ball lineup just got eaten up by the Timberwolves. The Timberwolves said, you want to go well, without small. Without a center, they could guard it. Yeah, know, and, so. and Nas Reed had some great minutes once again. He's probably, I mean, top three players, obviously, Ant, D'Lo, and Pat Bev. But, like, uh, you know, like I said, Bees had some big moments. Jaden had some big moments. Nas had some great minutes. Yeah. And so. Um, they needed him. Yeah, when they went small. So I just think that, like, yeah, the Clippers kind of got a little too fancy for themselves. They kind of had this game where they wanted it, and then they were like, well, let's go small, even though, you know, let's go away from what was working for us. Yeah, and Towns, you know, I said after the game to you, like, I'm not worried about this as far as Towns goes, you know, as far as, uh, you know, obviously I think that this, the main reason that Towns played as poorly as he did is because it was a bad matchup and that he would be schemed against by a very good veteran well-coached team who had the personnel to deal with him but then I got thinking about it a little more and I didn't I'm not really taking into account the like rocket series from a few years ago and I think that does bring up some like interesting ideas about like Towns as a player and and especially his mindset I think that make it interesting to sort of discuss like what we think Towns is going to be like in the next series against the Grizzlies. You know, they're more of a traditional big team. Um, So, you know, you have that going for you. But at the same time, it's like Towns has stuff to prove right now, right? Like, it's not like this thing where he's just like, oh, we won. I'm all good. Like, and Dane Moore was talking about this on his last podcast, but I'm I'm worried like he is about the the psyche of it all for him, right? We we know Towns is a very emotional person. He's very tuned in to sort of you know I guess he would say he has rabbit ears of like what's being said about him in the media and on social media. Like this stuff matters to him more than a lot of players. So that does make me wonder, like, if he's just gonna like try too hard. Put some respect on my name. Remember that. Yeah, exactly. He's always so worried about his standing. Best big in the league. Best big. Yeah, I get it. It's not totally unheard of. It's not ridiculous. But more than a lot of players, at least, you really do feel that with him. And it makes me wonder, sort of, if he's gonna like try too hard, because that's clearly what was happening in the Clippers game, right? Like he was, like you said, he was trying to push his way through those triple teams rather than make the easy play. Yep. Simply move the ball. But he's like, no, I'm the superstar. I can't have this thing around my neck 
because I'm a I can't show up in big moments. And so it's like it's weird because he almost has to do the opposite. Right. He has to let the game come to him rather than force it so hard. And, and that's what's surprising because he had been so good at that all season, kind of putting yeah. the team first, yeah. putting his ego aside, you know, and. Obviously, you know, putting his ego aside, making the team first, winning a bunch of games, looking getting an all-star, it helps his reputation, yes. you know, so it's not like he was being selfless in that sense, but like, it was kind of a, I was surprised, it was kind of a selfish turn for him in a way that like, when the stakes got big, he kind of reverted back to that, that old, like, I gotta get mine, you know, it, it definitely felt that way, I don't mm-hmm. know if it was that way, it definitely felt that he way. He didn't rely on his teammates stakes. to help him out of that, he's right. like, it's all on me. Right, and so I think that he was pushing really hard, and obviously all the, you know, uh, he pays attention to the noise, like you said, and all the noise has been that he, he you know, s the bed, <laughs> and so, yeah. like, I'm sure he's going to really want to respond to that, I hopefully he can stay within himself and not try to do too much, because obviously things will work better when he stays within himself, but, you know, I think it's, it's a different situation than the Rockets series, just mm-hmm. because, you know, Stephen Adams isn't Clint Capella, <laughs> and, you know, yep, and I yep, feel yep. like, you know, I mean, JJJ is going to be a great matchup, he's you know, runner up for if not the defensive player of the year, you know, sure, so he's way up there's there, definitely yeah. something there, but I just think that you know. The, nobody guarded Towns like the Clippers did this season. I don't think the Memphis Grizzlies can look at what the Clippers did and say, hey, we can do that too. Let's just t- they rip don't have off the that. bodies. Yeah. Right. They so, have more traditional bigs. I think the, the, the good side, if you're worried about that, is that the matchup is much more favorable for yep. Towns. Yep. And so as long as he's not you know going in there being like, I need to score for it. And I don't think he will be. I think he, he might feel that pressure to show out, you know, obviously. Yeah. But uh, hopefully he can stay within himself because, yeah, that is the only worry. Well, and I hope that this year. Because we, we talked about Stray Voltage. We were saying it during the game. Here's Stray Voltage. You yeah, know? And like, was the there was a moment where Towns drew a foul and then he was flexing and yelling. And, and Pat Beverly pointed at his head, like, <laughs> no, yeah. Get in the game. Right, exactly. Don't don't be like this. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think that's, it's, yeah, it's interesting the Stray Voltage and all that. Cause yeah, Towns, he, he, he is that talented. But yeah, it's just, he's got to figure out how to deal with how to deal with this kind of pressure and how to, yeah, just let, let it be a team game and not be so, uh, you know, so kind of solo minded about it. So, uh, it'll be interesting, you know. That's it's gonna. He gets a he gets a shot to kind of prove it here that he can actually, you know, turn this around. So that's good. And he gets a whole series, which is nice. It doesn't have to be in game one, although that'd be nice. But he gets a he gets a full series to kind of show what he can do. So we'll see what Towns uh, what his bounce back uh, can be here um, in this game. And and I, I like to think that because of Coach Finch and Pat Bev and other veterans he has on this team, that they will be the ones. His good friend D'Angelo Russell, like he's got to listen to his teammates here and, and really like lean on, lean on them right now. Yeah, it's a better cast, a supporting That's cast right. than against yes. the Rockets. You know, yes. Jimmy wasn't good in that series either. <laughs> Actually, shockingly, Wiggins was maybe the best player on the team in that series. <laughs> and so it just goes to show you uh, that, like, you know, when you could fall back on Russell and you could fall back on on Ant, you know, to kind of pick up the load when you're having a bad game. Hopefully, that'll make it feel like it's less all on him. You know? Yeah, totally. Um, Scott, anything else from Tuesday's game before we move on to Grizzlies talk? Well, once again, we. We are, we are uh, you know, tilting at the reflectors, you know, the reflections of the reflections of the reflections in the sense that uh, we're all reacting about how the people reacted to us celebrating. Ah, uh, yes, celebration. So I don't know if we got to get on it. It seems like everyone's had to put in their opinions. I've but I been think- happy that, uh, that I feel like there, it has sort of roundly been pushed back on, right? It's not really a battle anymore. It's really like, a, here's why the TNT crew was wrong, like type of stuff, right? Yeah, I do think that it, it shows that the people who take that opinion, whether it be the TNT people, Lavelle, the Star Tribune reporter was oh, doing this yeah. a lot, which is dumb because his sport... 
let me tell you about baseball, everybody. Baseball, the Dodgers are like, okay, the Dodgers are going to score 100 <laughs> wins in a season. They're 20 games over their closest opponent, like, all season. They know they're going to playoffs. And yet, in September, like, there's four weeks left in the season. The Dodgers clinch. Even though this has been known since April, they'd pop out all the champagne bottles and goes yeah. crazy. And, like, they also, you know, at the end of the season, you clinch a wild card spot, which is a play-in spot. You go crazy. You pop the champagne. So, like, very funny for the baseball guy to be, you know, <laughs> chirping that the Timberwolves are celebrating. Right. Lavelli Neal. I guess the only thing, I think uh, Jared may have said this in the Discord chat. Jared. but yeah. uh, Kings of the North. It, like, we, we don't even, he doesn't like it that we are defending this through the lens of, well, if you understood Minnesota and what we've been through. We should, you, you shouldn't even have to qualify it with yeah. what you've been through. Yeah. This is sports. Have fun. If you're not having fun. Don't pay attention to sports. Like if you're not gonna if you're not gonna celebrate when good things happen in your life, like you're gonna live a worse life. So don't you know? I think there's also this kind of Kierkegaardian kind of strain of existentialism that's kind of like you know the the world forces you to not react and have no emotions yeah. and like and oh you oh you're reacting. I thought we couldn't do that. Yeah, like, it's people like, like to a, shame it's like you. A on it's yourself. kind of a thing of the internet too. Culture is like oh why are you getting excited about this? Here's reasons why you should. Whenever you tweet something, people yeah. will retweet or will dump on that's you for getting excited thing. about yeah, something yeah, but like yeah. it's kind of this kind of uh, reaction in the world where it's like oh why are you getting excited why should you care whatever it is in your life get excited care you yeah. know because there's so much in our life and so many different aspects that try to get us to not care about things and to not feel emotions and so like go wild and to that point it's also a reminder just in life too like don't ever like dump on anybody who's having a good time like who cares like let other if you're if yeah. you're like down on someone who's having a good time like you got some stuff to figure out on yourself, probably. You know, yeah, Unless, yeah. they're not hurting anybody. As like, long as you're, you're not just hurting mad at someone yeah, else exactly. celebrating, like, come on, what are we doing here? Like, so you know, I think, but I think things, the, the discourse has really come full circle. We had the JJ Reddit clip, I, and I think a lot of people too have oh, come no. around to almost like defend inside the NBA, being like, listen, don't take it so seriously. It's a comedy show. I was like, if you listen to the whole thing, they actually pick some of them, pick the Wolves in the yeah, Grizzly yeah. series. Like, it, it, it's part of it is like, yeah, they're dummies. It's a very low sort of uh, you know lowest common denominator sports analysis at sometimes, but on the other time on the other hand, it's like it's supposed to be an entertaining show, and they got to make jokes sometimes. So it's well, like yeah, I also the think got to be the butt of it. It goes to show that the people who are taking that opinion don't really care about the game. They don't really care right. about the team. They yes. don't really care about the stakes. They're like, more for the those, noise. Those yeah. guys have been doing it so long. They don't care about basketball anymore. They just care about doing their show. You know, and same yep. with Stephen A. Smith. Same with like all these people. Like Lavelle doesn't care about the Timberwolves. He's just doing He's it. Got to, a job to do. Yeah, exactly. So. It, most of these people with re this reaction are just kind of coming from this place of cynicism. Yeah. Uh, but, um, gosh, I feel like I had one more thing to say on the topic. But You know, just make sure you celebrate. You know, you can't... Uh... Oh, yeah, I, I remember now. Once again, this is me chirping at Reddit, which, once again, I know. It's just me picking on, you know, boneheads. But you should post the link to the show on Reddit. I, yeah, I really should. Uh, actually, there might be some self-promotional. I don't know. Uh, I'd have oh. to check out the rules. But, uh I saw in the Timberwolves sub, it's so funny because we had this whole day of like, don't get down on us for celebrating. Let us celebrate. And who cares? And then uh, LaMelo apparently was down, like his team was down 20 and he was like doing the ice in his veins thing, like celebrating apparently. And people were like, oh, look how dumb LaMelo is. I was like, hey, can we not be the celebration police after like a 24 hour cycle of us, you know, saying don't be a celebration police? Like immediately it creeps back into us being like, oh, look at LaMelo celebrating when he's down. It's like, just let the kid be. He's 20 years old and he's having a great time, you know? 
Yeah, life's too hard. COVID, life's too hard, man. It's been in the pandemic for too long, especially especially these days. Careful with uh, with all that. All right, moving on right now. Talking Grizzlies. I will say, though, I know, once again, patented, take a drink, Wolf's Cast drinking game. Neil's making a transition, and I step on him to put one more yep, thing I want to say. running late, and we got we to gotta hold up. Uh, but I just like, you know, I also think it's, People have a problem with the Timberwolves. I like that we're bugging people. I think, like, all season long we've seen this. Uh, yeah, the Lakers, Lakers post game show saying, like, they're celebrating. It's like their championship. How many times have we heard that accusation leveled against us? This is their championship. They're acting like this is their championship or whatever. And it's just, like, really telling to me that I think it's a lot of people reacting about the Timberwolves. Like, you suck. How are you allowed to ha- be happy? You, you, don't you know you're so much beneath us? You know, LeBron saying. Uh, and, like, people have just seem to be particularly offended when the Timberwolves do it. And I love that. That's what I love. That's why you got to have that little Patrick Beverly FU factor in your team's makeup because that's what you got to say is you got to be like FU, FU, FU. I deserve to be happy. I deserve, you know, I don't care what you think about the Timberwolves. I deserve it, you know? So. Totally. Yeah. All right. Time to talk about the first round 2 7 matchup between the Memphis Grizzlies of Tennessee and uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves out here uh, starting off Saturday. Game one, Saturday, 2.30 uh, Central Time. It's going down. The Wolves are uh, the wolves are, are in it for real. we got a series on our hands, and uh, thank goodness it's the Grizzlies and not the Phoenix Suns. That is, that's a big difference between those two teams. Once. Yeah, we're not, uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of great podcasts that you can listen to. Maybe even Dane Moore, we recommend that. Any of Canis Hoopas podcast, really, believe in uh, oh, yeah. uh, Wolves, uh, Jake Painting's podcast, uh, they'll They'll break down the X's and O's. They'll let you know how our coverage matches their coverage. But Neil and I—that's not us. We're not gonna. We're not gonna get too we'll just do deep into the weeds. That, there. Yeah. A little bit, yeah, yeah. of course. We'll just talk about it a little it. bit. Just like uh, they're a team that you know kind of mirrors the Timberwolves in some ways, and that they thrive in transition and things like that, and uh, struggle with rebounding sometimes. Uh, but I think that this is kind of more of a high level overview. You know, what I want to see is what I was thinking. Neil, I was kicking myself. We should have done like we should have found the wolf cast equivalent in the Memphis media market and like done a bet like you know you know and the mayors oh, are like, like if, if my team shit. loses the World Series we'll give you a bucket of our famous apples but if your team wins the World Series you have to send us a barrel of your famous whiskey or whatever there's you still know? time we're recording this on Thursday you know come on Friday game ones on Saturday so if anybody has any ideas we're, yeah. look, we're looking like, for like, someone to do it. We got all way. kinds of Wolves paraphernalia we can spell, send out. You know, it's like maybe we can find like a Tyus Jones something. That could be the bet is a Tyus Jones jersey or something like that. <laughs> but we got all kinds of things. We want a crunch bobblehead. We'll send you a crunch bobblehead. Just uh, let's make a bet. Let's make a wager, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see how this goes. But yeah, the Grizzlies, um, one of the surprise teams in the league this year. You know, I think uh, they had a nice year last year, but. You know, being able to come up and and uh, play as well as they did, play as well as they did without John Morant. I think they were twenty and five in the twenty five games. He I heard on the, the John K. Show it was twenty and two. Twenty and two games in the twenty two games he missed this year. Um, but yeah, a couple other matches. I think it's interesting. You know, Patrick Beverly guarding him. Um, yeah, I wonder if they'll do that. That'll be interesting because they also, um, you know, trot out. Um, you know, they have Desmond Bain alongside him, and um, I mean, it's a really deep team as well. Obviously, Tyus Jones um, on the team as well. So lots of good guards um, to have to handle there. But you know, I think Kevin Beverly, um, you know, against Jaw is an interesting one. And then, as we talked about before, Towns versus their bigs. You know, it'll be interesting to see. I don't really know who they've been starting recently, but uh, you know, Stephen Adams at center, and then uh, I guess Jaron Jackson's the four. I mean, that's that's a lot of beef right there. Yeah, I, I think last time we played them though, they had like 
Adams guard Vanderbilt and sure. had like JJ on yeah JJ, JJ, that makes J. sense because he can guard Towns on the perimeter better you know if if Adams is outstanding by the three point line that's that's trouble for Memphis all right that's going to be a drive and a, and a bucket probably so um, that makes a lot of sense yeah you know Vanderbilt not being so good on offense you can you know kind of hide Adams on him and he can help and stuff oh, like man. that. Those two are going to beat each other up on the boards. Let me tell you. Mm. Yeah, and then I don't know if it's um, is it is it Kyle Anderson then who starts for them at the three? I think yeah, he's, typically he's like their three, and then yeah, Bain and Bain and Jaws. They were doing Zaire Williams for a while, but I don't think they're going to okay. do that because he's so young. He's like a yeah, rookie, yeah, you know. But your guy, yeah. yeah, I mean they've got they've got depth. You know, they don't they're probably not even going to have to play Jared Culver in the series. Yeah. <laughs> Culver, yeah, he'll be uh, in street clothes probably. Uh, man, some of these names, though, in, you look uh, at these and it's Pelicans. like DeAnthony Melton, he's hurt the Timberwolves in the past. Yeah, you know, Brandon Brooks. Clark is one of my favorite players in the league, you know, in terms of like low key. Every time we watch him, I've talked about like every time I watch the Grizzlies play the, the Timberwolves, I leave with the thought, I wish we drafted Brandon Clark. Mm. He's he's guy. He's so good. And so Dylan Brooks, known Wolves killer, you know. So, yeah, they've got like you said, this is, a, this is a deep team, a lot of great players on it. But the nice thing is like. There's no like you can make the argument that Towns will be the best player on the court. Hopefully, knock on wood, he was the worst player on I, the court. I wouldn't like, make that argument just because of how he's played so far, but um, and because how apparently how easily he can be schemed out. Um, but it could be. I think that's important. He could be. If the best we're going by like NBA two K rankings, he would have the second highest player score. I guess. Oh, really? I'm, I'm guessing, Jaws above him. I'm guessing so. Wow, uh, that's interesting. But yeah, so two really good offenses is is what we're going to see here. I think. This series is going to be a track meet. Both teams force a lot of turnovers and get out in transition. Um, and, and both teams can just score the ball super easily. So um, you're going to see some you're going to see some high scores in this uh, in this series, like 120s, 130s potentially. I think it's going to be it's going to be very different from that Clippers game we saw, which was a which was a slugfest. You know, first to a hundred Lawler's law situation. Uh, I think this is going to be very different. These teams are going to be up and down, it, it, and especially because it's not just going to be this one game slog. It's a it's going to be a little bit looser because it's a full series. I think so. Expect a lot of scoring in the, in this series. Oh well. yeah, an exciting scoring, a lot of transition scoring. Towns is uh, an eighty nine in NBA two K. John Morant's a ninety three. Wow. Towns has apparently got the twenty first best rating. Jaws in the top ten. He's at number nine. Okay. So there you go. That's your NBA two K update, everybody. Um, Scott. What um what what worries you the most about the Grizzlies as far as uh, the matchup with the Timberwolves? Like when going into the series, like what are you most worried about the Grizzlies being able to do against the Timberwolves to win? You know, I I think that uh, I just feel like there's a lot of different ways they can defend us. I feel like mm, they've yeah. got. I, I'm I'm worried about the offense a little bit just because I feel sure. like the Grizzlies have got a lot of different weapons on defense and they play really well together. They kind of seem to have a good identity. So Dylan Brooks is a really good defender. Like he's, he's a pretty good two way guy. Yeah. And I think that like Jarrett Jackson is a super underrated defender, yeah. even though he's getting defensive player of the year talk, Steven Adams. I mean, thank he's God he won't off be on, a little bit. He's, he's falling off a little bit, but one talk about body. a guy who could goad somebody into a technical foul. That's Steven Adams. And like <laughs> Steven Adams is great on offensive boards, you know? So I just, I worry about the rebounding battle a little bit there. What about you, Neil? What, do you, what worries you the most? That last one is what it is for me i mean the wolves we sung their praises of what they did in the clippers game they were able to you know defend their glass they were able to clean up their side of uh of that side but um you know the the, the grizzlies are a are a beast of a rebounding team um whereas the clippers weren't quite uh that good so like you said uh yeah jaron jackson
Jackson, uh, you know, Stephen Adams, uh, 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 off the bench, uh, what's his face from uh, Clark, uh, Mr. Clark there. So those three alone, I mean, that's that's really tough. So, yeah, Jared Vanderbilt's going to have his work cut out for him, boxing out, keeping some of the – yeah, especially like we said, if really it's going to be Triple J on Towns and it's like (laughs) Vanderbilt has to box out (laughs) – I mean, Stephen Adams might be like the guy least you least want to box out in the whole league, right? Like he's just a massive human. He's and just like so like big. It's not as bad, obviously, as it was last year. But like our transition defense isn't the best, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and this is a team that lives in transition. So I just wonder yeah. if like D'Lo could foul out on take fouls in a game. You know, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, he, could, yeah, yeah. he could give ten, six take fouls in a game and be like, "Oops, I didn't realize I had so many." Yeah. Yeah, and then we just have the. I think the other part that worries about worries me about this series is, frankly, the Towns effect here. Like, the Timberwolves showed that they could win a game when Towns falls out and 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 doesn't you know have a good game at all. But uh, how's that going to go in like a series? Like, maybe they can pull that rabbit out of their hat again. But I think they really need Towns to at least. He doesn't have to be first team, or you know, he doesn't have to be the All NBA player he was during the regular season. Because frankly, like. I don't know if he can be that with how much defenses ramp up and focus on him. But just because teams are focusing on you, that actually is an opportunity for the rest of your teammates. So he has to acknowledge that. And like we were saying before, not take it all on himself to do everything. Like the Timberwolves can be very effective here if Towns figures this out. So I'm just worried about that, though. I just I don't think he's going to poop the bed like you said again. But like. I think it might be somewhere in the middle. You know, it's going to be a little bit better than that, but I don't know if it's going to be good enough. So I'm worried about our best player not living up to that <laughs> to that billing for an entire series. Uh, it's a lesson Towns will have to learn, and he'll either learn it I'm quickly or it'll be something where it's next year we're going further in the playoffs, and we're like, you see, we needed that year. Like a lot of people have said, uh, huge, I've yeah. heard people say like maybe the Timberwolves are now where the Grizz were last year, where the Grizz were you know a play-in kind of team that got bounced, I think, in five games by the Jazz. Maybe they got swept by the Jazz, but it was one of those things where it's like their cup of coffee to realize, oh, this is what the playoffs are like. Now, obviously, Towns and D'Lo have already had their cup of coffee in, in their first-round playoff exits in their earlier careers, but like for a lot of these guys, it's their first time. So maybe it is a situation where if Towns doesn't learn that lesson this year, maybe that's the lesson he'll he'll take from these playoffs, and next year will be better for it but hopefully he doesn't have to yeah you know like that that's the thing is it's like maybe he'll 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 get foul out one time but i really don't want i think that he's smart enough that the nature of a series he'll he's he's a smart guy he's a really smart guy and a lot of his game relies on finesse and some of that is people are wondering like the playoffs it, it becomes so much less about finesse and a lot more physical but i think that he's such a smart guy that he'll understand how the team is covering him how they're trying to get him into foul trouble and so if he does foul out of a game or have a bad foul game i'm i think he's smart enough to figure that out and change his game accordingly that's a good point and and I think that's another reason why this win against the Clippers was so big because they get to be in a series now that they have more of a chance of. And I think, you know, just the experience that will happen through this series is going to be massive for so many of these players. I, I don't really care at all, really. I'm not going to get too, you know, worked up if the Wolves, like, don't even win a game in this series. But if Towns, like, totally no-shows, like, that's a big problem, and that's going to, like, change a lot. So I think, like... I'm looking more at like the individual players and how they play versus like how the whole team puts it together here in this series. Cause frankly, they're not going to be, you know, not many people are going to pick them to win it. So it's like, that's all gravy. If you can win games in this series, if you can take it to six or seven, that's huge. But what you do for the future and how you take this experience, I think is, is even bigger than that. So that'll be interesting to see. 
down in Memphis. I'm excited. This is the team I most wanted to see. We had a conversation yeah. with Rob. I think Rob was on here for the midseason podcast uh-huh. or three quarters. And afterwards, off the air, we were talking about who would you want to match up against, like the Warriors or the, the Grizzlies, like in the playoff series. Who would you like? And I know Warriors might not have Steph Curry or don't know what extent. And obviously, if we had our pick, a Mavs without Luka, Luka would probably be yeah, the ideal matchup. But like, yeah. I think this is honestly the best matchup, just one for like our yeah. chance of winning a series, but also for a, just like value. entertainment <laughs> value. Like the jaw and thing is going to get national attention. And yeah. like, this will be a national stage for Anthony Edwards uh-huh. more than anything has been for his career. And yeah. like, people are going to fall in love with him. You know, yeah. if you aren't already in love with Ant, watch out. The country's going to even learn even more about him. So I'm excited. <laughs> I just want to see some like crazy athletic feats from Ja and, and uh, Ant. And I just think it's such a wonderful matchup that it's going to be a very entertaining series. Yeah, totally. So yeah, game one is Saturday. Um, and then yeah, game uh, game two would be Tuesday, and I don't yeah. know what we're gonna do because next week Scott we'll be we'll be in the house, and it's Thursday night, so uh, maybe we'll just record on Friday or something. I don't know. Are we'll, you in town on Friday? Nah, we'll we'll have to talk. We'll but, figure it uh, out. There'll be a maybe different me and schedule. Rob will do it. We'll see. Yeah, well, there'll be a different schedule for shows uh, next week because yeah, we'll be in the house. Um, Cuckoo Kangaroo might be in your city. Check it out. Yeah, come come see us. Playing to Philly, folks. If you're in Philly this weekend, come see us. Um, all right, that uh, that does it for our Grizzly. Uh, series preview um, that'll be really fun to get that going uh, if you're like a Memphis fan who's just tuning in for the Grizzlies content ooh, here stick around hello. the game at the end of the episode might be interesting oh, to you a little tease right there that's yeah right. and uh, another a little tease. Grizz trivia coming up that's right and before that we will be uh, predicting some things some more things including uh, who we think is going to win the series and in how many games uh, but first we have to uh, get to a fabulous sponsor, and uh, it's very timely, and they hit us up just yesterday just to get, make sure that they could get in on, uh, on today's podcast. So uh, listen up uh, from a brand new sponsor here to Wolfscast. The Minnesota Timberwolves are excited to host fans this week for a thrilling first-round playoff matchup with the Memphis Grizzlies. To celebrate this momentous accomplishment, the Timberwolves are introducing a brand new concession stand at the Target Center, Glenn Taylor's Super Extra Crispy Chicken Nuggets. For no specific reason other than wanting to reward faithful Timberwolves fans for their decades of patience and loyalty, Glenn Taylor has acquired an unusually large amount of suspiciously charred chicken meat that needs to be sold immediately. Just like the performance of the 21-22 Minnesota Timberwolves, this meat is exceptionally well done. Prepared with Glenn Taylor's top secret roasting technique, these locally sourced chicken nuggets are the illest and will take your breath away. The charred, overcooked flavors of these nuggets will keep you glued to your seat, and the contagious taste will leave no doubt in your mind that these birds are fresh to death. Thank you to Glenn Taylor's Super Extra Crispy Chicken Nuggets for their support of Wolfscast. Up next, we're going to predict it. We'll predict it. We have been predicting things all season long since uh, since November, since October. I don't know. It's been so long. Probably earlier. We're probably just a preseason prediction. Yeah, that's Who knows? Right. We, we always make predictions. This is a year-round thing. We, in the summer, we make predictions for the draft or whatever, free agency, trades. Uh-huh. 
The thing is, we're, we don't just predict things. We keep you updated. We keep ourselves honest. We report back to let you know if we've been successful or unsuccessful. And just like the Timberwolves this year, a little bit more successful than normal for us. Yeah, it's yeah. that Pat Bev effect. <laughs> yeah, we're doing better at uh, predicting um, the, what's going to happen with the with the team. And uh, so we want to catch up on uh, We had you know. some season-long predictions that we can now tell you the results of, as well as some second-half predictions that we made like before the All-Star game. So. Now, Scott, you already, uh, you already got this one correct, but I wanted to give the you know, year-end totals for uh, three-pointers made nice. for the Wolves because you predicted that two Timberwolves will make over uh, 200 uh, three-pointers. After no Timberwolf has ever done that in history. And yeah, it, uh, that happened. Malik Beasley was uh, was uh, the grand champion of making three-point shots this season for the, the Wolves. The Timberwolves record holder. Yeah, so he had uh, 240 um, wow. buckets. Wow, he really went over it. <laughs> uh, great job. I mean, I, I know it knew when he passed 200, but man, that's higher than I thought Malik it was going to be. Malik Beasley. He should just shoot it every time he touches it. Number two, number two, Anthony Edwards with 215 threes. So he also eclipsed that mark. And then our other two high-volume shooters, D'Angelo Russell had 176. Carl Towns had 150. So I saw this. like four of them were going to make it at one point. I saved this from the Detroit Pistons Instagram a little bit ago because I saw it. With this triple, Sadiq Bey joins Anthony Edwards, Trey Young, D'Angelo Russell, and Clay Thompson as the only five NBA players to make 200 three-pointers in a season at the age of 22 or younger. So look at that. Dio has done it at the age of 22 or younger, and now Ant has as well. So. All right, nice. Um, all right, so I predicted that uh, before the season started that uh, Anthony Edwards' true shooting would be above league average, which uh, I don't uh, full full uh, you know full disclosure. I don't know what the actual average was for this season, but it's typically around fifty five percent. So that's what it was, and uh, he made it all up to fifty six, folks. Um, so we all get uh, we all get dings for that one. Um, that that was yours for the last one. This one's mine. Um, so yeah, that's, that's great to see because of, uh, what a big usage he has, how many tough shots he takes to be above, uh, league average. That's kind of the mark on, are you an efficient, uh, offensive player or not, right? Can yep. you, can you have true shooting above league average? And, and he's there now. So, uh, we, we love to see that. So, uh, shout out to Edwards for, uh, up in that. I think he was at like 53 last year. So that's yep, good to see. That's right. You love to see it. I thought that was, uh, ambitious, Neil, and, uh, I loved it. I love Anthony Edwards. Who doesn't? What a star. What a superstar. Can't wait to see where that kid goes. It was uh, ambitious. All right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't, don't let Ben's hear you say that. He'll put it on broadcast. Uh, Anyways. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then we got to the All-Star break. It seems uh-huh. like, uh, man, it was so long ago. It really wasn't. Uh, we had some predictions. Niels came true. He said that Carl Anthony Towns would make the finals of the Mountain Dew three-point contest. I was contest. scared to pick him as the winner. And I you should have gone, gone all the way. because hedged uh, a little bit. What a highlight that was. Uh, yeah. I mean, we could play this drop again. Best big in the league. Best big. <laughs> <laughs> and I was more on about mine. Uh, a little disappointed. I said that, you know, we had three Timber Pops in the All-Star game between Levine, Wiggins, and Towns. And I thought those three, with the chemistry, they're all on the same team. There's going to be an alley-oop from one to another. And you would think there'd be at least happen. one. Didn't happen. I mean, is there not one? None of them played that many minutes, actually, and the All-Star game was kind of the main thing. So that was more limiting than anything. <laughs> yeah, that's how that goes. Okay. Okay, um, I predicted that the Timberwolves, this was probably halfway through the season, 
that the Timberwolves would finish in the top 15 in both offense and defense yeah, It was rating. 25 games ago, I can tell you. Okay, <laughs> yeah, in, uh, in defensive rating via cleaning the glass. Um, I guess they could have dropped down. I think they, I think they got them both because they were, as of our last show, they were at like 6th and like 13th or whatever. Yeah, I think we're good. So I, um, I think I think we got that one. So, um, you know, shout out to uh, the Wolves and, and really Chris Finch for being able to have them, you know, on on both of those. I mean, we knew that the offense, what they could do, but it seemed like a stretch that, you know, you know, it would be, you know, to be league average in defense. Like that was the one that you that you really worried about as far as, you know, could the could the Wolves like come up out of the bottom bottom 10 and uh, get into the middle. So, um, yeah, this isn't uh, cleaning the glass, but just for comparison, uh, the Timberwolves won with the Jimmy Butler year. We went to the playoffs. We were fourth on offensive rating, 27th in defensive rating. Ended up go. being a 10th in net rating, so our offense was much better than our defense. But even in that season, we were 27th on defense. So just the fact that Chris Finch got us top 15, what were we got, like finished to like 13th or something? 13th on defense, on defense 7th in offense, according to Cleaning That's Glass. That's the thing I never predicted. Man, I remember our preseason shows when we were like, so the Timberwolves just decided we don't need to defend everybody. Like, what is Rosas <laughs> doing? Like, he just decided no defense in this offseason and, like, couldn't have been more wrong. Yeah, 10th in net rating is really finished, too. So that's amazing. A top 10 finish in net rating. Wow. Um, all right, Scott, last one here. Uh, you predicted that the remix jersey would be the most worn jersey for the rest of the games. And you took, uh, you had the stats, you had the math to. I've been keeping to track pr- every game, it. Yeah. putting it in there. And, and how'd it go? Uh, well, it started strong. Right after I made that prediction, we wore the remix jerseys in like three of the next five games. I was like, this this money in the bucket. But then there was a stretch where we stopped wearing them. All the other jerseys caught up. And then we finished on a strong stretch to end the season. So since I made that prediction, we wore the remix jersey in 10 of our 25 final games. We wore the white jersey six times, the blue jersey four times, and the Aurora green jersey five times in that All stretch. Right. So uh, pretty much twice as often as the rest of the jerseys. Love to see it. All yeah, right, cool. Too. I love that. That jersey's really come around, y'all. I was kind of down on it when it was introduced, but I'm going to say it's probably my second favorite remix jersey now. Yeah, right there. City jersey, remix jersey. I'm using those interchangeably, even though they're not. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, time to make some new predictions uh, for uh, for the series that we have coming up uh, here in front of us. So we're going to uh, predict the series winner and in how many games. And then we're also going to make another um, prediction um, about how the how the series will go. Let's first get our, uh, you know, just a, our, our other prediction, Scott, before we say who we think is going to win. Okay. Um, so we'll start with that one. I predict that Desmond Bain will make more three-pointers than any Timberwolves player. And by that, I also mean in, in any player in the whole series. Like, I think he'll he's going he's to light it up. I think, yeah, I think he's really going to ha- um, kind of have a breakout. Um, you know, if you don't really already know, like, he's just been so good this season. He's, he's a solid defender, and he's just he's so tall, and uh, I just love him a lot. So I think uh, I got a lot of love for Desmond Bean. I think he's I always he's think he's, like, up. too ripped to be a three-point shooter. <laughs> you know, he's got such crazy sure. biceps, and, like, his arms are huge. And you never see a guy who's that, like, beefy. Yeah. You usually expect, like, the three-point shooter to look like Kevin Durant. You know, like the Slim yeah. Reaper, Steph Curry kind of, like, skinny-armed guy. But, man, he's probably the buffest <laughs> three-point shooter in the league. Yeah, so uh, yeah, didn't didn't pick a Wolves one, but I'm just I'm, I'm sensing some some Bane madness about to come up. So um, that's that's where I'm going with that one for uh, for threes. But Scott, what do you predict will happen here in the in the Wolf series? Oh, I mean, he's already gotten it started uh, with the play-in game, getting <laughs> fined thirty grand. So I'm going to predict that Patrick Beverly over the course of the series will be fined over a hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> 
I don't know. I'm not saying it's all going to be one move, although, you know, maybe he'll kick John Morant in the back of his knees while John Morant's not looking, and it'll be a $100,000 fine, and you're banned for the rest of the playoffs. But I think it's going to be little things here and there. I think he's going to get at least one tech in every game. I think that there's a good chance he'll get two techs and foul out of game. Maybe he'll slap a referee on the butt again like he did during the, cost the Bulls game. Shout out to you're trash. You're trash. Slap him on the butt. We'll see. He's not getting out of here without a bunch of fines, though. So I'm going to say over $100,000 in fines accrued by by, uh, pa- accrued, accrued, accrued by Patrick Beverly throughout the course of the series. I mean, we—that's he, he, how he went out last year's playoffs, right? He had that's the right. Chris Paul moment and yeah, he got suspended, right. like. So there's something like that. Although that was like I think after the game, I think it was technically when the playoffs were done. For him, I but. would still count it because like yeah, we no, saw absolutely. the other night, uh, we saw it was it um, I think it was Miles Bridges. He got he got tossed from the game and like threw his mouth guard into the crowd on his way out. He got fined fifty. For that, for that little move. So I could see something similar happening. Mon- whatever Monty's coming out, out of game. his pocket, that's for sure. Yeah, it's all right. He's got the he's new... He's not going out quietly. He's got that Bud Light sponsorship coming up now, so he's going to be all right. <laughs> Bev Light. Yeah. Bev Light. There you go. Um, all Sounds right. like a sponsor we would have. Mm-hmm. Bev Light. Yeah, we'll write that one for the next uh, next next week. Um, okay, now we need to give our predictions about who's, who's going to win the series. Mine is more traditional, so I'll go first. I uh, I'm gonna go with uh, what most people are probably gonna pick, and that is Grizzlies in six games. I think the Wolves. I think pushing the Grizzlies to six games is gonna be a win for the Wolves. This is. I think they'll play very well. But for me, the Grizzlies are a. Uh, they're a deeper team. They've played at a higher level all season. And uh, that rebounding is, I think, going to be what really pushes them over the top. And I think while the Wolves' defense has been good this season, they're not going to be able to slow down um, the Grizzlies' offense quite enough. So I'll take uh, Grizz and six. Um, it's no, never good when you know you miss shots. No shade to the to the Wolves, who will uh, fight valiantly here. So that's what I'm going with. Um, six means two playoff wins. That's right. You know, yeah, that'd be huge. That'd be huge. All right, uh, Neil Scott. What do you? What do you? Are you going to go a little more adventurous here? I say wolves and seven. Let's do it. Wolves and seven, everybody. I I picked the under on this team, and I got to make up for it because this team has proven me wrong every step of the way. Every time I said like this isn't the wolves' way, they have shown up and said no, we are not that team anymore. Scott, they did it all throughout the season. They did it in the play-in game. And I'm done with doubting, you know? I'm just, I'm, I'm riding with them. This is a winnable series. This isn't me picking them against the Houston, the number one seed Houston Which Rockets. You also did last, last time around. I remember. Did I? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm. You picked Wolves in seven against the Rockets. Why not? Anyways, that does not look good for my point right here. But I will say that I just think this is a winnable series. It's not, it's not favored. I wouldn't favor the Wolves, but I think that every game will be competitive. And all it takes is, you know, one hot shooting night from Ant here, one hot shooting night from Pat here, you know, whatever, whatever it is. Uh, I think we could do it. And so uh, this team has surprised me all season long. So why why would I uh, expect less? I appreciate you going bold, Scott. Someone has to do it. That's and right. It's usually you. Uh, okay. There are our predictions. We will follow up with those eventually whenever it happens, probably sometime in the summer. Um, but we are going to pick some other things to tell you about right now in Weekly Wolfies. Your weekly wolfie. 
All right, it's playoff time, and so that means our Wolfies are, well, they're worth even more, I feel like. They're, the statues are even bigger and uh, more expensive. So if you win a Wolfie in the playoffs, it's extra for you. Uh, I'm going to get it started off. Uh, i got to give the shout-out to uh, Racket MN. It's a new, uh, new-ish website uh, from the X-City Pages folks. And uh, Jay Bowler and crew over there do a great job. And, uh, yeah, so if you like City Pages, uh, it no longer exists. So if you want that kind of journalism, that kind of, that kind of um, you know, uh, perspective on uh, local uh, entertainment, local media, all that kind of stuff, check out RacketMN.com. It's fully subscription-based. But, you don't uh, need a subscription. It's, yeah. You can read it for free, okay, but yeah. they, they recommend supporting them because they're, you know, it's owned by the writers. It's not like, that's know, right. It's they a good model. It's worth supporting. Is yeah, what I'm they you should support it, but don't be like, oh, Neil said subscription. I guess I won't go read it. Okay. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So um, they interviewed Glue Girl, you guys. Glue Girl. Uh, she has had, a name. She has, <laughs> she has a real name. And uh, she was uh, she was at the game. She flew all the way from California to do this thing. Her wow. name is Alicia Santurio. Um, and yeah, she was the one that glued her hand to the floor and wearing a shirt that says Glenn Taylor roasts animals alive and uh, it's a nice Super little crispy. short interview but uh, you know this is just the this is just the type of thing that you would expect from Racket MN and uh, the X City Pages folks of you know this sort of offbeat uh, you know irreverency and just being able to find someone <laughs> who did this and interview them for five minutes and uh, it's, it's a nice short sweet interview but it's also just like a reminder to support local journalism local media and uh, especially these folks who are going out there on their own and doing it it's not some corporate back thing or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, Star so. Tribune's not going to do it, owned by Glenn Taylor. You <laughs> yeah. know? And obviously, like, yeah, no the national good. media played it off as a joke. They're mostly just clowning this woman. And yeah. I think, you know, you could argue uh, with uh, the method of gluing your hand to the court, a little dramatic, but, like, props to someone for caring about a cause, props to someone who's willing to put, you know, it all on the line for a cause they care about. I didn't know she flew from California. That's right. Man, that's baller, yeah. you know? So, like, I know that most of us have, or generally, it's been treated as a giant joke, but I think that, like, what she She's saying is is uh, worth hearing. Yeah, yeah. So, so I'm glad that they treated her as a real person. That's you, right. You know what she is. And listen to her because I think that you know it's it's easy for the NBA social media just to turn everything into a joke. Yeah, and, and there were really funny jokes, and I made some jokes too. Don't get me wrong; the jokes were hilarious. Yeah, but, you can have you can have it both ways. Yeah, a little exactly. Bit there. So yeah, she's a part of a group called Direct Action Everywhere. So she talks about that in the in the piece, and we'll link to that in the show notes, and you can read up on uh, what Glenn did to a bunch of chickens. I think we went a little too fast with the glue girl moniker though could i suggest paste pot patty anyone no Just Why? Me? Okay. What, what's a paste pot uh there's a spider-man villain that or he's ah. an old marvel villain who got clowned a lot his name was paste pot pete he, paste ca- pot. He, he, he carries a pot of glue and he <laughs> sticks people in place with it he changed his name to trapster oh, no. eventually but paste pot pete is kind of like a running joke in the marvel uh, comics history paste pot p or paste pot patty uh paste pot patty patty okay there we go. Good times. All right, Scott. What's your uh, what's your uh, Wolfie? Who's going to today? Uh, I'm gonna once again shout out something I didn't get to bring up earlier in the episode, and this is a way of saying it's an honorable mention as a way to bring it back as a topic I can introduce. Mm. I asked you, Neil. How soon is too soon to take off your shoes? Because I think Mark Lowry took his shoes off a little too early in that play-on game. He took it off, and it was like six points or like a minute left, and I was like, Neil, if he's doing this. There's going to be a time where he takes off his shoes during a loss because that is just too too soon. 
too soon. You've got to be careful, Lori. And there's no there's no right answer to this. Yeah. It's just a feel. So there's not like a hard and fast, you have to be up this much with this much time left. No. It, crazy things can happen in any NBA game. So It's going to happen. Yeah, it's going to happen eventually, and we're all going to laugh. you got to be reckless. Yeah, yeah. they're going to get clowned on, and he's going to be like, okay, I don't care about getting clowned on, on Twitter. I'm a billionaire. <laughs> like, I really don't care. Yeah, I'm so. building the city of the future. Yeah, whatever. What are you doing? Um, but no, I'm going to give it to the man. Who 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 could be the man? Who is the man? Uh, there's only one man. There's well, I guess there's the talking kid. about Mark Laurie. There's the kid, and then there's the man. One drinks Gatorade. One talking about Kevin McHale. Bev Light. I've been diamond always. Pat Bev loves the booze. Pat Bev, he's my guy. Change like basically everything about this team in a nutshell. I think has been really his driving energy. I was like. I asked myself, this is just a note I took. Isn't it embarrassing that this game meant more to Pat Bev than any other member of this team? <laughs> Towns has been the face of the Timberwolves for like seven years, and like clearly Pat Bev is more emotionally invested in this game. But I'm not saying this to detract from others. I'm saying this because Pat Bev, I just here's a personal story. I a couple of years ago I wanted to buy a house, you know, and that was the big goal for me and Meg. And uh, I lost my job and it was like, oh, we were searching for a house and I lost my job and without my job, we couldn't get the loan. And so we had to stop and I was unemployed for several months. And towards the end of the year, like right at the end of the year, like November, I got a job and we opened it back up. And like the first weekend we found our house and we bought it and everything. And it was just like, it's such a long-term goal. I hadn't realized how much it meant to me. And like, I, I teared up and just like thinking about like, this is a goal I set my, for myself. I promised Meg we would own a house before the winter, you know? And I felt like such a failure with losing the job. And I was like, I'm not going to come through with this promise. And like to just complete a long-term goal you've set for yourself to, to do something you said you promised you would do and then come through with it. It just was like a kind of like, wow, I can't believe how much is a been weighing on me i can't believe that like this goal means so much to me but now that i've achieved it i can really sense like what a weight off my shoulders it's been what a relief and it's just like it's clear that this was pat bev's goal he said we're going to make the playoffs at preseason everyone clowned him i picked the under on the wins mostly as a joke but still nobody expected us to be in the playoffs yeah, the play was in against, was the, hope, it was against you know? the odds too. And, it wasn't like he was on a contending team and he said that it's right like he was it, on a borderline playoff team almost everyone that. treated it as a joke when he said it or they said like oh of course the player's gonna say that I mean obviously Derek Williams said we're going to make the playoffs in preseason camp when you yeah, interviewed you him to, you know everyone you says it, it yeah. but like he meant it and for him to put it on the line like that and you could tell that I think maybe more than anyone else on this team he was the one who every day was saying how am I going to get this goal how am I going to get this team here and obviously it means more to do it against the team that you know kicked him to the curb obviously it means a little bit more like that but Man, I respect that man. I respect that man, and I don't think we would be anywhere close to where we are today without him. So, you know, take your moment. You know, go ahead. Take your lap. Because when people are talking about the Timberwolves celebrating too much, they're talking about Pat Bev celebrating too much. You didn't see D'Angelo Russell running around like crazy. You saw Ant and Bev. And no one's ever going to criticize Ant because he is joy. And so I just think a lot of people are are, are saying Pat is is Pat Bev criticism. But you you talk your ass, Pat Bev. You deserve everything in the world. So here's your roses. You know, take your flowers. Shout out to Pat Bev. He gets a he gets a Wolfie Trophy as well as uh, as well as a you know, ticket to the first round of the playoffs. There you go. All right, good one there. Uh, time to close out the show with uh, some fun and trivia and learning and game 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 stuff. Let's do it. Yeah. The Memphis Grizzlies have been around for 27 series. Ooh. Your Minnesota Timberwolves. I mean, the Grizzlies have been the franchise, not the Memphis Grizzlies. Obviously, the Grizzlies have started in Vancouver. It's not a part of the trivia. So including Grizzlies the as a franchise. Years, yes, yeah. Grizzlies as a franchise have been around for 27 years. Timberwolves have been around for 33. Which franchise has more wins? Ooh. 
Uh, man, the Grizzlies are bad for a long time, too, but they've just been so much better in the last, like, 10 years. Like, they've been a consistent 50-win team. So, yeah, I think it's probably the Grizzlies. Give me Grizzlies. Uh, Isn't this nice that Neil got it wrong? Like, one of the go-to things in trivia for the seven years or whatever we've been doing this podcast is always go bet against bet the under, Wolves. Yeah, bet under on that the was Wolves. My, I was shocked because I also was just like, bet Wolves. But uh, the Wolves have won 1,049 games in their franchise history, and the Grizzlies have won 920. Ooh, despite so being of, around for like six seasons less. So it's it, super close, even. They have like a whole hundred games. Right. But the Grizzlies have lead. made two more playoff appearances than the Wolves have, so you know, yeah. there's that for them. All right, Neil. Uh, this year's Memphis Grizzlies matched the franchise record for wins in a season with 56. They've done it once before, 2012-2013. You know, those prime, those prime years for the Grizz. But second time in franchise history they've gotten 56 wins. Is that more or fewer wins than the Wolves' record for most wins in a season? Ooh, I feel like the Wolves had 60 or maybe 58 or 59. So I'll say that that number is less than the Wolves. You said the Wolves all time. Yeah, yeah, cool. You're correct. Uh, obviously, the best Wolves season was that KG 2003. 2004 68 series? 58. 58. 58 wins. Okay. Man, it just seems like so many wins. and 24. Yeah. All right, Neil. Kind of in a sim- uh, No, I'm not even going to. I'm just going to provide this as an extra follow-up fact. <laughs> the Grizzlies' worst season, which was 96-97, they went 14-68. and 68. Was it their first season? Uh, it might have been, actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it was their second season, actually. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, but that season is worse than any of our worst seasons. The Wolves have only wow. gone as far as losing 67 games in a season. We have never won, lost 68. So. Still so much. Jeez. It's <laughs> a lot. <laughs> Such a big thing. All right, Neil. Head-to-head. Who has more wins in their franchise matchup? Ooh. Also a good one. Well... Man, I have no idea on this one. Pretty much a coin flip. It feels like it's probably pretty close. The Wolves have won more overall games, but I'll go back to the Grizzlies on this one. I'll say the Grizzlies have have the advantage in the overall series. Uh, it's close, but I think Ben's brought this up, actually. Ooh. We are one higher. One. 51 to 50 in our last matchup of the season, which we won. I think Ben's was talking about how wow. uh, it's 50-50. So close. This? So, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, that's it tells you how coin even keel right. these are. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, uh, Neil, both teams have won one division title. Both have one retired number. This is Malik Seeley. What number have the Grizzlies retired? Ooh, I don't think it's any of their modern guys. So it's like, who else could it be? Who else from their from their past? Jeez. Um, wow, this they, is a really good when one. When they retired this number, Neil, the player sat on a throne. They brought out, like, a throne on the court. Oh, the my gosh. Now, now I do think it's a modern person. It's either Tony Allen or Zach Randolph. Um, give me give me Zebo Zach Randolph. Yes, That's right. Zebo. <laughs> it's only a matter of time before they do Gasol and Conley. And yeah. I'm surprised they haven't done Allen yet. I, someone pointed out that Allen is on the airport signs. It's like, welcome to Grind City or whatever. <laughs> I also noticed that the FedEx forum on the Wikipedia page says, a.k.a. The Grindhouse. Oh, <laughs> great was name. Great, great name. Great yeah, name. Yeah. All right, Neil, this is some of the hard-hitting questions now. Who has more social media, or who has more Twitter followers, Grizz <laughs> or Crunch? Oh, no, the mascots. Oh, man, I think Grizz, I'll go with Grizz. I think he's he's more beloved. Like, they don't have any other team, pro teams in that, in no. really, I mean, in Memphis, but I mean, I guess they have the, it, no, in even Nashville. In te- even in Tennessee. Well, Nashville has hockey and football. Yeah. Um, Do but, they have football? They don't yeah, have football. the Titans. Oh, Tennessee Titans, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, you, you're much more traveled than I But yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, I think that does it, right? It's just like, yeah, in Minnesota, there's, you know, we got all the pro sports. Yeah, I'm so. shocked though. Grizz has 9,000. Crunch only has 5,000. We got to bring Crunch's yeah, numbers in. I followed Crunch today as, when I found out. I was like, I'm not following. I got to get his numbers up. Grizz 
does the whole like pro wrestling stuff. Like yeah. they really lean into that. I feel like he's more connected with the local community in that way. <laughs> Still, it's too too few for Crunch. Let's get yeah. Crunch if you're listening to this and you're not following Crunch, go follow. Especially because he's been around longer. Get his numbers up. Come on. All right, Neil. A couple more questions, I guess, real quick. Uh, I've got so much more, but I'll just quit at some point. <laughs> Uh, Tyus Jones, has he played more games for the Wolves or more games for the Grizz? Ooh, well, hmm, played games is interesting because I think he's probably been on, been on the Wolves for more days, but he has probably played a lot more for the Grizzlies. He's probably played in, like, every game, but he's only been there, maybe he's been there, two, I think he's been there three seasons, and he was probably with the Wolves for, like, four didn't really play that much. I'll say Grizzlies. I'm giving Grizzlies on this one. Let me, let me, let me, let me get that. So he played more Grizzlies games. Oof. He started more Grizzly games. Interesting. He's played, it's close. He's played 247 games with the Wolves, 34 starts, 208 games for the Grizz, 38 starts. Okay, about 40 games off. Yep, there's some stuff uh, about the cities I won't do. Memphis's larger population. Give me two more. Give me two more. Two more questions? Okay, I was going to use Memphis is a larger, larger one, huh? It's a large, it's got a larger population than Minneapolis, but our metro area is bigger. Sure. They were named for Memphis, Egypt. We were named for Midi, Dakota for water, and Polis, Greek for city. Memphis, Egypt. Whoa. Um, okay. Just let's, learned something. Let's do two more questions. Then. Nicknamed Big Country. What, what big man from Oklahoma State <laughs> University was the Grizzlies' first ever selection in the NBA draft? That would be uh, Big Country Bryant Reeves. Bryant Reeves. Correct. What a name. I remember, yeah, he was, I remember that green teal uniform and number 50, and he was their, he was their guy. Not, not really to be heard from again. Kind of flamed out. <laughs> and uh, who is the only player in Grizzlies history to be named to the All-NBA First Team? Ooh, what a good one. All-NBA First Team in a Grizzlies uniform. Um... Man, I know like their first like great player was Sharif Abdul-Rahim, but I feel like he... I would, think he has the highest scoring average. Yeah, team, that would yeah. not be a first team. So it's, I got to go with my gut and say, oh, is it Conley or Gasol? Uh, I'll say it's Gasol. Give me Mark Gasol. Thank you, oh. thank you for specifying the Gasol, because obviously <laughs> Pau has also had an all-star season yeah, for them. That. So, Good yeah. point. Yeah. There we go. So, yeah, I've got some more. Uh, Trayvon may I'll throw them up Mark. online. But I think that one more fun thing to say is the the names for the team colors I thought were pretty funny. Uh, you know how they come up with all these buzzword kind what of marketing they, like Beale Street Blue? Yeah, that, that's definitely one of them. So I just wanted to read those. Uh, okay, so team colors for the Timberwolves. Midnight Blue. Ooh. Aurora Green. Yeah, I know that one. Lake Blue. Oh, I didn't know that. Moonlight Gray. <laughs> Frost White. <laughs> the team colors for the Memphis Grizzlies are Beale Street Blue, yeah. Memphis Midnight Blue, <laughs> Steel Gray, <Ooh>. and Gold. <laughs> Straight Gold. <laughs> so we, there don't we, go. have, we don't have another word for this. Just Gold. gold. Just yeah. give me Gold. Straight Gold. It can't be like Grindhouse Gold or something. Ooh, that's a good one. Should have yeah. done it. Yeah, Grizz Gold. Grizz uh, yeah. Gold. Grizz Gold. <laughs> Grizz Gold. Should have done it. <laughs> All right, that does it for Wolves Cast, everybody. Good game, Scott. Now you know some more about Memphis. No barbecue questions in there. Maybe next time. We, We're no, going to be Elvis. getting a lot of that content. You know yeah, the broadcast love stuff. doing that. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, yeah we'll, you see Justin Timberlake come to a game this series. We'll see. Oh, you know, yeah, we uh, it'll be a mystery when we record next week. I guess we could do it early. We could record after game two. So we'll talk about it off mic here. But it's we'll, fluid. We'll get uh, we'll get back to you with another episode of Wolves Cast at some point next week. But yeah, we'll be attending the game. Maybe we'll just record it live at the game. That'd be, that'd be <laughs> just trying to do everything. Like, the do reps you suck chant in the background. <laughs> 
But yeah, we uh, we're very excited about that. It's Timberwolves playoff basketball. It's all happening right now. But and hey, hit us up on Twitter, uh, Wolvescast at Wolvescast, Wolvescast Pod on Instagram. If you're going to be at the game, maybe you'll run into us. You know, oh. tweet out our our outfits. I wore the same shirt I wore for Game 82 against the Nuggets. I wore that to the play-in. It worked, it worked, worked both times, you guys. The reason we won. Time. It's a link shirt. Maybe mm-hmm. that's the, maybe that's the trick. That's the ticket right there. So uh, yeah, next time next week we'll be back with another show. And uh, yeah, it's it's uh, this is why this is why we do this, everybody. This is this is the hope that we get to this point and can play in a real series. So don't take it for granted. It's all happening right now. All the bad years leading up to this. So enjoy it. And uh, yeah, we'll be back next week with another episode of Wolves Cast. And uh, hopefully the Wolves uh, do well this weekend in Memphis. We'll see you next week. Bye. We played at our last night. We played at another level from the, the from game three, you know. And I told you we were gonna play that way. You know, now we're gonna step it up another level. We gotta go to a whole nother level. If we want to if we want to win the series, we gotta go three more levels higher than that, and then we gotta go four more levels higher than that. You know, we can't stay at the same level. You know, every game has to go up. Because-